on everybody and welcome to the inaugural episode of play economics behind the business where each and every week over the course of the month matt and i break down a different aspect facet feature of one company obviously it's november and nothing says thanksgiving more than you guessed it chinese mega corporations we're talking 10 cents so Every week, we'll be talking a different aspect of Tencent's business structure. So if you're not subscribed, make sure you do so. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Twitch, Vine. Vine's still a thing. Be real. We're being real. We're, I'm being told by our producers we're not being real. But just to give you guys a quick overview of what this month's going to be, today's topic is going to all be about Tencent's early roots. Okay? Roots. The roots of Tencent, root vegetables. That's all I got on that joke. Uh, I wrote it down. Next week, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Next week we're gonna be breaking down Tencent's portfolio, getting in, getting under the hood, going behind the curtain, seeing what kind of dirt they got under their fingernails. And uh, if those prison camps have showed us anything, it's quite a lot. Then third week of the month, we're gonna be looking at Tencent today. What are they up to? What are they doing? How many people have they borderline enslaved? Who knows? And finally, to round on the month, what are the future, future prospects of Tencent? So, without further ado, let's jump right into it, Matt. Tell us all about Tencent, the early roots, how it started. I feel like this, uh, you know, obviously we're going to get into the serious aspect, but I feel like Tencent and companies like it, you remember... uh, the Powerpuff Girls, don't you? Yes. Okay. Starkly, starkly remember. Starkly the remember the Powerpuff Girls. Yep. Uh, you remember the intro to the Powerpuff Girls? Uh, yes. Yes, okay. I do. Where he's putting, he's like, what did he put in the pot, Matt? Yeah. Uh, sugar, spices, everything nice, and then accidentally, mm. whoa! Okay. Relax. So when they were making Tencent, they put uh, communist beliefs. Harsh corporate structure and oh, capitalism just a little touch. So, why don't you run us through? Because you've been doing some borderline investigative journalism. Like, we don't, we're not here to say we're putting Tassie out of a job, but like, ball. So, what I want, what I did for the play economists is I didn't just go on Wikipedia and look up a Wikipedia breakdown of what happened to Tencent, I started there. But I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, Wikipedia cites everything they say, mm-hmm. and some of those articles are just completely not credible at all, and Wikipedia do better. Some of them are very good, and some of them lead to other articles, and some of them lead to <laughs> myself. some very dark places on the hopping, internet, I bet, yeah. Hopping on a plane, going to China, getting an exclusive with Tencent. And I didn't do that. But I came very, very close. I did a lot of deep diving. I did a lot of behind the business, little little dark web action on what happened when Tencent was born. And 
just a quick, quick catch up for this episode, episode one, Company Early Roots. We're looking at mainly when and who founded it, where it was founded, early financial wins and noticeable investments, what got them to where they are today. And Tencent did not start. Yeah, let's roll back to page like like an Indiana Jones. Like, oh yeah, Tencent didn't start the way you would think it did because of where it is today and how focused this is a video game podcast. We're talking about Tencent. You're expecting it to be a video game company through and through. If you check their website for one minute, link in the description below. They're not, not a video. Game I company. will not be linking to Tencent. <laughs> They're not anywhere on this and this podcast. Tell me right now. I'm gonna get it in there. It's just gonna sneak it. Like I'm gonna put it on our Instagram bio. It's just gonna be underneath it. Ten cent. We'll see what singing happens. a different yeah. tune since he came back from yeah. <laughs> old Beijing, huh, pal? So basically, what happened is in 1998, your boys Pony Ma, Za Zingdong, Zhu Zhen, Charles Chen, and Zhang Ling Ying. Decided. Sa- how many times did you practice those names before we got zero, on this call? Zero. This is my first time even looking at them. <sighs> the professionalism of me pronouncing names, even though I can't uh, say Jeffrey Rousseau's on a regular basis. However, where would you think Tencent Inc. started, Bobby? If you just had to guess out of everywhere in the world, knowing that it is a Chinese-backed company. Probably that... that- that prison from Batman, from Batman, Dark Knight Arkham. Rises, where they're Arkham. keeping Bane. No, 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 no. <laughs> that 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 hole in the ground. That's so, where, I, where I imagine a company like gotcha. Tencent Lazarus started. Lazarus Pit. Gotcha. Yes. 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 So it didn't. They started it in the Cayman Islands. Ah, which, where all reputable businesses get their which, start. If you know anything about the Cayman Islands. Is it is one money laundering 101, two zero risk of external countries looking at your crap and where everyone puts their money so that they don't have to pay taxes on it. So Tencent, a company that we criticize very often on this show, rightfully, rightfully so, started in the most absolute sketch way possible. On the Cayman Islands. But you're like, Matt, just because it has a sketchy beginning, that doesn't mean that it's immediately going to do something sketchy. And while I was looking up... (laughs) I don't think I've ever said that. (laughs) While I was looking up Tencent and its beginnings, it was eerily similar and gave me a very Microsoft vibe. Not in the way that it started, but just it was a tech company first that eventually got into video games because it saw it as a profitable venture and had early successes and early wins in it that we will discuss later in this episode. But they started as a tech company, and their first product was Tencent QQ, which is an instant messaging social media app that is mm-hmm. still around today got 693 million users which it's only only, it's only behind wechat 
which we'll get to later in the episode, is another one of their early wins, also owned by Tencent, which has 1 billion active users at any given time. So a seventh of the world uses WeChat. Ooh, what is this? What is this? Yes, the penguin! (laughs) I was going to get to the penguin eventually. But yeah, that's the QQ mascot. However, Bobby, you're asking me, Matt, QQ sounds very original. It sounds like a social media app that started in 1999, 2000s. That's so revolutionary. That's so groundbreaking. But they didn't start as QQ. They started as OICQ. And you're like, Matt, that sounds different. Why would they change the name besides the adorable, adorable marketing that they would eventually do with the Penguin? Well, it's because of a lawsuit. Because you see, in 1998, before Tencent even existed, AOL bought a company called Mirabilis in 1998 and launched ICQ, a instant messaging social media platform. Huh. Bobby, to the folks at home, what's sketchy about that? Well, I mean, it's not like you could point to this as the inciting incident that would lead to a long and public history of Tencent and the Chinese government as a whole uh, not caring about copyright laws and basically one-for-one ripping and copying uh, American intellectual property. No. Well, they were sued, and they had to change the name. Um, They were sued. It was immediately settled good to go they did try to fight it but in the legal documentation it was just very very clear this was a direct copy and too close to the naming scheme like you can't copy the product and then also name it very similar Mm -hmm. yeah it just doesn't doesn't fly that's like me coming out with a car and being like yeah i'm gonna call it mesla and it's an electric car it looks cool i also have the series four and the series R, and just like getting it a little wrong, like a tiny bit wrong. You're like, what do you mean? It has an extra letter. Stop. Uh, but that's how it started. And it started immediately with a scandal. And I wish I could say that that is where it ended. And that's where all of the scandals and all of the interesting things stop with Tencent. But it doesn't. Because then, shortly after... In 2001, it gets an extreme financial backer. A 46.5% stake in Tencent was purchased by Napsers, which... I've never heard of this company. So, they are another media company that own a like conglomerate of different... Um, it's basically a media company that owns a bunch of different media companies, and they have a reach that's just exponential. It's a Viacom, Comcast yes. type thing. For South Africa. Interesting. Yes. So they currently only have about a 30% stake in um, Tencent, but it is extremely large. And it's just so interesting that a South African company would take such an interest in a Chinese tech company based in the Cayman Islands. Not so. I mean, it's a BRICS company. No, I mean, I mean, you know what BRICS is, right? Educate me. 
So Bricks is a uh, like like a like second rate NATO. I would say it's hmm. Brazil, Russia, India, gotcha. China, South Africa. It's gotcha. like the next five most emerging uh, economies. What a fun little fid- tidbit of financial information that we're providing. Uh, so again, like I said, as of 2001, 30% backing. So even though this is a largely Chinese-backed company, largely by the Chinese government, as are all companies in China, it's got a strong, strong South African tie to it as well, which I found interesting and had no idea. And it was very, very cool to see just like how big of a stake you could possibly have in a company and nobody actually knows about it. What did you put on the screen? What did you flash on the screen? It's uh, just the, the lead, the, like a horrifying picture of uh, Xi Jinping, Vladimir Putin. Uh, I think that's Bolsonaro, Narendra Modi, and uh, I don't know this gentleman's name, but I'm assuming he's the president prime minister of South Africa. Fair. What the people are asking right now, Bobby, is when did they get into video games? When did they get into video games, Matt? I ask you, do you know what the first two... So originally, they came into video games as a publisher. They were not developing video games. They were not putting together their own products. They weren't buying video game companies. They were strictly publishing games, and they had two very, very early successes. Off the top of your head, do you have any idea? Because I had zero idea they were anywhere near video games until the Epic Games purchase before doing this research. I mean, I'm assuming they've been chipping away at this for a while. They had extremely early success. Mm-hmm. In, between the years of 2004 and 2008, they were publishing video games. The most notable of each was Crossfire, uh, specifically in 2007. And Dungeon Fighter Online. Uh, Crossfire is a regular, just like, I think it's a first-person shooter, but it's a huge online shooter game. It looked okay. I'm looking at it now. Crossfire is an online tactical first-person shooter developed by Smilegate Entertainment. It was first released in South Korea on May 3rd, 2007. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. What you probably didn't know... Is that uh, Insider.com called it the 2000, in 2014 the billionaire game you've never heard of. Since 2014, it has regularly been generating billions of dollars in revenue. So much so that in 2013, it beat out League of Legends as Tencent's highest performing video game. And continues to be one of Tencent's most profitable video game companies. As we transition into Dungeon Fighter Online, which is a beat-em-up online massive multiplayer uh, video game, similar success. We're seeing a $20 billion revenue since 2006-ish, and it's also one of Tencent's most profitable video games ever. With that being said, the early access and the early successes that Tencent saw with video games obviously then fueled what we will get into in a later episode of them taking out the checkbook, handing dollar after dollar after dollar to all video game companies for pieces in Activision Blizzard. Oh, we'll talk about that next week, buddy. We'll talk about it. I'm getting excited because there's so many video games that they just 
put their like fingers in and they got just enough cash to be profitable about it. And it comes from early successes like these where you're seeing the billion dollar revenue year over year. You're seeing the 20 billion since release and you're seeing them just coming in as a publisher, not a developer, no active role in creating the game, just bringing the game to their... I I do believe that because of this publication, they were able to bring these games and popularize them in China, and that made them completely expand and blow up, so it was very profitable for the companies they were publishing it for as well. But they did a fantastic job with it. So what we have here so far, and I want to get your reaction to if this is where you thought they would be coming from, Bob. We have a borderline social media tech company transitioning into video games very rapidly in the early 2000s. How do you feel about it? A couple things. Um, 2000, China bans video game consoles. So this is the kind of start of their don't get high on your own supply philosophy when it comes to exporting media, right? They unban in 2015, and that's where you really start to see the boom, right? I believe this is after the Riot acquisition. Yeah. Um, if you look at that Crossfire game, man, that's a Counter-Strike ripoff if I've ever seen one. Yes, it is. Yes, it yes, is. Yes, it is. Um, and I think it, we'll, we'll touch on this as we go on here, but I think the general theme of the early days is nobody, like... I feel like a lot of people are just waking up now like, oh, is Tencent bad? Guys, they've been doing this for years. Years. Right? There's a little stat, and I will pull it up here on screen just so you don't think I'm some kind of uh, a loon. Uh, Tencent's ties to the CCP reveal. This is coming from the Taiwanese news, so take it with a grain of salt. But this is just the first thing that came up. Where did it say? According to the report, when Tencent's party branch was upgraded to party committee in 2011, it had a total of 5,593 party members inside the corporation. Communist party members. Right, that little picture I should... Do you think that has grown or shrank in the last 11 years since? You just gave a flat number, right? Not a percentage? Correct. In, 2000, de- in 2011, it was 23% of all employees were members of the CCP. I would imagine it's grown. And uh, yeah. just yeah. sheer numbers just because the company itself has expanded, but I would imagine that percentage has also grown. Yep. So when you have a clearly nefarious government, right? Like, why, why are we calling this anything else? My tinfoil hat thing here, though, is when, did we, when was the Olympics in China? I don't know when the Olympics in China. 2008. 2008. Okay. It's three years before Tencent really started popping off. If, if we're citing 2011, it's kind of this flashpoint, right? Yep. I wonder if that much, that fast exposure to Western world kind of was like, huh, there's a lot of people we could be making money off of. 
What do people like? They like video games? They like media? And again, that's just... Uh... I. The only reason I disagree with that is I feel like it was too... I guess they didn't really have a lot of other notable acquisitions, or not acquisitions, a lot of notable publications besides Crossfire and Dungeon Fighter Online. So this could... The 2008, you could be correct, is the spark point where they're really like double down on the video games every purchase of video games go 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 yep um i definitely get that and again it's just it's so crazy to me that from their like all i know about tencent for the most part is wechat and um video games well let's touch on that because i see that you have that here in the document here so so bring me up to speed on their social media platform video game sort of intermingling there so exactly what you said in 2011 of being their spark point they're really like coming of age and where they doubled down and financially blew up and we'll talk about it more in their portfolio episode for episode two so remember subscribe get that notification bell next thursday in 2011 a huge 10 cent product was launched and it was called we exon which is not what the name is anymore because it's difficult to say difficult to pronounce and difficult to spell because it is at some point it is it is spelt w-e-i-x-i-n very who put how do you put an i an x and an i next to each other one looks fantastic on paper very aesthetically pleasing word however they renamed it to wechat and as we talked about earlier their first social media platform messaging app uh qq is only second to WeChat. So they own both the number one and number two social media platforms in China. And WeChat is what uh, Musk is saying that he wants to turn Twitter into. Like it's a payment processor, it's a social form, it's a this and that, which I don't know how I feel. But in whatever, 2050, when we've won the nuclear war against China, (laughs) what I can assure you Without a shred of doubt, I will walk into Tencent headquarters, grizzled and beaten, looking like Joel from The Last of Us, with my last cassette tape, because that's the only thing that still works after the EMPs go off, of the I Told You You song, walking into Tencent headquarters, (laughs) like Elon Musk when he walked into Twitter (laughs) HQ with the sink. Mark my words. I'll be like John Cusack in uh, that movie, except I'll be dancing on top of uh, Xi Jinping inside Tencent headquarters. Um, Just to scale, and I hadn't looked this up, so I just Googled it really quickly from uh, businessofapps.com. I'm bringing you the statistic. Is just the um, sheer volume of transactions. Because Bobby had mentioned that WeChat is more than just a social media app. It's borderline a bank account where mm-hmm. you're transitioning exchanging money and elon musk's um push to make that make twitter into that i'm assuming is because of, of his affinity for cryptocurrencies is where mm-hmm. he's going to try to leverage that but as we bring it back to wechat they have a ton of different programs in there and their annual transactions for 2021 400 billion dollars in just transaction after transaction and transaction of 
all of that data on how people are spending their money, what, where are they spending it, what are they spending it on, who are they spending it with. It's a Black Mirror episode. It's a Black it Mirror is, episode. Uh, it is we, that Black Mirror episode. WeChat is 100% a Black Mirror episode. And I'm not saying that the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the Twitter and the TikToks aren't, don't have their own faults. I don't know if people are transacting $400 billion a year within those apps, though. And it is. Now, I don't know if this is the same WeChat, but there's a WeChat on the Apple App Store. It should be. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not native to China. It's one of the number one apps in the world. Yeah, WeChat Pay. WeChat Out. Jesus Christ, this is horrifying. Yeah. They're so, it, they're so, it's fully integrated. It, it's almost like a one-stop shop app that I'm surprised we don't have another one of. Well, you can see Facebook uh, trying to make that play. Yeah, but like this is so well developed, and it's just it's crazy to me that it like there's QQ and there's also WeChat, and they're both ridiculously successful, posting seven hundred million and uh, a billion active users, respectively. Uh, but this is that 2011 boom that we were talking with. They are doubling down on video games. They launch WeChat. They're 100% go on it. Spoiler and, alert for the next episode. They buy Riot in 2011. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just a complete and utter bloodbath of what they are purchasing and developing in 2011. They had a fantastic year financially and just generating IP, something that they could put out to the market absolutely fantastic year however from the very beginning extremely sketchy but tencent has been extremely shrewd from two or from 1998 until we're covering until 2011 they made extremely 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 good capitalistic business transactions they made mm -hmm. A fan, even though they were sued for I, uh, OI, OICQ, they still well, eventually got had QQ. Many, yes. many lawsuits. Many lawsuits. Uh, and we'll get to those in the modern Tencent episodes because they've recently had a lawsuit. However, from day, absolute day one, they knew exactly what they were going to do. And I made the comparison to Microsoft. And the reason I make the comparison to Microsoft is because Tencent has a product for everything. They have it for professionals. They have it for casuals. They have it for video gamers. They have it for people that use a PC, and it's basically Microsoft Word. They have a suite, like a Microsoft Office suite portfolio. They have an e-commerce abilities outside of WeChat just as an e-procurement software. They are... As close to something as Microsoft could pot, like as close to Microsoft as something could possibly get. Interesting. Okay. And it's an interesting take because everyone in the YouTube comments calls me a Microsoft fanboy. Microsoft Can't has a lot of why. Microsoft has a lot of power and they have a lot of influence. And Tencent has a similar power and influence, and they have that aspect in the same regard. They have the same type of power. They have the same type of influence due to the products that they provide. And they're just very, very 
one-stop shop for all of your tech program needs. So if you need something at your company, tech-wise, Tencent has it for you. I mean, this is not not unlike what is their um the Amazon that they have that is not Amazon that they disappeared that guy. Uh Amazon, Alibaba. Yes, it's one of its main competitors and it made the e-commerce thing specifically in reference to Alibaba. Yep. Yep. Um it is. Al- Alibaba's Amazon simple. then uh what you calls it. I yeah. will I will certainly yeah, you'll Certainly take the comparison. Take the Microsoft comparison. Um, obviously, they're run completely different. They have different IPs and they have different core, fundamental corporate goals, values, mission statements that I yeah, would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the minute uh, the CEO of Alibaba started talking about, hey, you know what's great? Freedom immediately disappeared. <laughs> yeah, that's a real thing. You know about Jack Ma, right? I do. I do. Or Jack Ma. (laughs) But while I make the comparison to um, Microsoft, their core values, their mission statement, although according to the Tencent website, align very well. Fundamentally, I disagree. And while at their offering of tech products is where they, after that piece, they separate from Microsoft completely. And the Microsoft corporate culture. Interesting. Okay. And it's just, at the end of the day, this isn't what I expected. And I don't know if during your research of the episodes, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) I really expected this because I've seen all over the, uh, we're very up to date on video game news. And of the video game news I've seen regarding Tencent outside of our own channel, it's unanimously been negative. And media in general has a way of pushing a certain spin or certain story about a company, about a person, about a thing, and running with it to where it almost becomes fact. And part of the reason why I wanted to do this breaking down the business behind Tencent is because I wanted to see if I could find concrete, evidential proof that maybe we're overreacting. Maybe it's not as bad. Maybe this is all speculation and fear that go into this company doing these things. And as I went through and as I looked into Tencent, I saw scandal. I saw stealing. I saw copyright. I saw slavery. No, (laughs) just at every turn. A sketchy eyebrow-raising decision was made in the name of good business and then in the name of furthering the company but i don't know if it was they never really made decisions besides the two gaming publishings i completely get behind those everything else it raises an eyebrow and it's not things i personally would have gotten involved with or would have personally done i mean you know, it's very in the communist vein to be lazy and not want to work. So just copy what, you know, works from a country like America. So, 
They let's, really let's, do have a, they have they a lot, have of, a copy lot of copyright and for a lot of borderline egregious like, amount. Like so, so, you don't expect it. You really don't because you think in the world of business, in the world of a like larger world based ecosystem, you couldn't get away with stealing product after product after product after product. But they basically produce very similar or knockoff products of any tech product you could ever think of. That's why Huawei isn't allowed here, why none of that shit's allowed here, man. You know what it is? Wah-wah. Wah-wah's allowed here. This episode brought to you by The Gobbler. Get your <laughs> gobbler today at Wawa. If we ever get sponsored by Wawa, I'll quit I, I'll... my job. I'll quit my job. Jesus. Um, let's bring, let's bring this first episode on Tencent in for the landing here. Matt, final thoughts on Tencent. What are the key takeaways that you as a researcher and you'd like the audience to take away from, from just, you know, the tip of the Tencent iceberg? Key takeaways. Even from the very beginning, Tencent was a sketchy, yet extremely shrewd and calculating tech company that rode amazing trends they were able to predict trends very well and they danced a very 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 fine line with directly copying products developed by other companies and committing copyright infringement and also having a massive portion of their workforce directly tied to the communist government but uh, i mean i digress sure my key my my key takeaways are number one your Microsoft comparison is extremely apt. Um, what I think we'll find as we continue through this series is that, how do I put this? The one, the, the one compliment I can kind of give or the game respect game kind of thing I could do is that China basically took our playbook during the Cold War and flipped it to say, oh, we don't, we don't have to uh, fight you guys directly. We'll just export mass media and get you guys hooked. Because that was, that was what won the Cold War, was, was media. And just mass amounts of patriotism, propaganda, right? Like, fuck, watch Red Dawn, right? There's a whole movie about <laughs> it. Red Dawn, fantastic movie. Patrick Swayze original. Um, so, you know, I guess, game respect game. Like, if you're going to beat us, it's an interesting way to do it. That being said, and we'll talk about their portfolio in the next episode. What is the end? Because the trajectory of a company like this in a place like China is all or nothing. There is no world where inside, at any point, Tencent is okay with being like, yeah, we're number two. We're okay with being Snapchat. Might take years, might take decades, but they're solely focused on gobbling up everyone, everything, and being the only game in town. Which, at its heart, is like we're worried about the Microsoft antitrust and monopoly laws. I'm almost positive. And we'll look at the portfolio episode next week on Thursday. 
it is their goal. Like their goal oh, yeah. is monopoly. Or at least content diversification enough to the point where they've got their fingers in a lot of pies. But if you want to know what flavor those pies are, Cherry hit subscribe Apple. down below. Hit follow on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so that you never miss an episode of Plakonomics Behind the Business, dropping each and every Thursday, 9 a.m. Eastern Time Sharp. Follow us on Instagram. Fight with us on TikTok. If you're a member of uh, the CCP or Tencent, uh, join the Discord. <laughs> don't. Do it. A lot of Winnie the Pooh memes on the old Discord. Um, that's all I got for you, Matt, on this episode. Good. And you know what I got for you? A big old happy gaming, everybody. <laughs>